Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, this is my five biggest business mistakes and lessons learned. So I've got five things to cover, which, look, I've not gone hugely bust. I've not gone bust. I've not gone bust in a big public way. I've not um, had a massive legal case against me and my company. So I haven't got any of these massive business disasters that some people have. But I have made many smaller mistakes along the way in business. And I'd like to share them with you so that you don't make them. So I'll tell you what the five are, then we'll go deep, then we'll summarize them. So the first one was not embracing marketing. Uh, The second one was listening to the critics too much. The third one was very inconsistent management. Kind of still do that today. Uh, The fourth thing was doing business on my own. This is a big one. And then the fifth one is really slow reporting, management accounts, profit and loss, KPIs. All right, then. So there are many good coaches, consultants, trainers, producers, who've got a great product, who've got a great story, who are well-trained and educated with all the letters after their name, especially prevalent on LinkedIn, but they don't embrace marketing. Now, if you've ever seen any of my content or heard it on my podcasts, you'll know that I say this over and over, that marketing is the most important function in any business. If you have a shop, then of course, you could be a great um, seller in the shop. You could have a great stock um, holding in the shop. You could have great payment systems and security. But if you don't get anyone in the shop, you have no business. And people going in the shop is marketing. So are you working enough on generating leads, on putting yourself out there, on awareness, on reach, on impact, uh, on building a, a great pipeline, on selling more to existing clients? Now, people confuse sales and marketing. In fact, I don't know why they say sales and marketing. They really should say marketing, then sales. Uh, because marketing creates the leads for sales to then convert. So a lot of people do focus on sales thinking that's the most important thing, but then they're cold calling or um, hounding people. When in reality, if your marketing is good, if you put a lot of good content out there, if you build goodwill, if you build trust, if you have an elegant staircase where people can, in their own time, um, in their own style, find you, learn about your products and services and join you, um, then sales isn't really needed as much. So get great at marketing, putting your story out there, getting out there to more channels, multiple streams of leads, I believe, are vital. Okay, the second thing then is listening to the critics too much. Now, I want to give you a balanced view here. On the one hand, whilst our ego doesn't like it, critics are vital because they keep us humble and they keep us uh, on, I guess, on edge a little bit, you know, because we don't want to fail because we don't want our critics to be proven right. But that's good because it keeps us innovating. It keeps us reinvesting into our products and services and improving them. We care for our clients much more when we have accountability of what could go wrong. And let's be honest, if things uh, started to struggle for us in business, the critics are all going to come out and jump on us. So having that fear and that accountability is good. But if you listen to them too much, if you dilute your mission and your message every time a critic comes out, you know, if you stop and um, shoot at every dog that barks, you'll, you'll never get to your destination. I think that was Churchill who said something like that, although. I've probably just butchered this quote, but you know what I mean. So listen to them, improve, um, innovate, uh, stay humble. But you know what your mission is. 
you know what your message is and you know who you are and you've got to put that out to the world despite what the critics say unapologetically relentlessly um, otherwise your business is just going to stay small okay and sometimes by the way your critics can be your friends your family and worst critic of all can be yourself and your inner voice the past mistakes that you've made rearing uh, their ugly head again or what your parents said to you or your significant emotional events which stop you and remember, you are not a failure. You just failed from time to time to time. In fact, most bi uh, good business owners who are successful failed more frequently. Um, people often ask me about my failures. I've had some rather large ones, not too large. I've had loads of small ones. I've probably had more small mini failures than most business people. And I think that's one of the reasons why things are going well for me. Uh, said with humility, of course, because uh, there is always more and there's always bigger and there's always somewhere better. All right. So the third thing then is inconsistent management. So I think people think that entrepreneurship and management, leadership and management, they're similar. They're the same. They're not. They're completely different. So um, being a leader is creating a vision, inspiring people, infusing them, motivating them, giving them a little bit of a push, being the spearhead, the innovator, the disruptor, uh, 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 creating the velocity and the movement for your company. Uh, that's a leader's job. And a manager's job is to take that vision, that message, and then filter it down to the team and give them processes, procedures, packages. Um, they're giving them clear direction, accountability, giving them responsibility, giving them feedback, um, managing their grievances, managing their um, remuneration, managing the issues that are created within the culture. That's the manager's job. Now, I just used to tell people what to do and expect them to do it. But if you don't give them the resources to do it, they can't do it. And a manager is good at that. It's very rare you get a really good leader and manager simultaneously. Now, of course, you could learn both skills and you could be better at management. But for me, because I'm quite chaotic, disruptive, quite a big picture thinker, I'm quite reactive, quite emotional, that makes me naturally quite a poor manager. So I've had to put around me great team members, great managers, an amazing MD, an amazing business partner, really good assistants, admins, PAs, execs, who are much more processed. They think about the consequences of the vision. I have the idea and I think it's the best idea in the world. And I don't think about what could go wrong. And I have a business partner who thinks everything's going to go wrong. Um, and so um, we kind of balance each other's forces, if you like, because he's always thinking what could go wrong, always thinking what could go right. And I think you need both forces. And you need that kind of pull um, to create the ideal balance, the, the yin and the yang. So if you are a really good manager, great. You might need a visionary to partner with, someone to get ideas from uh, or vice versa. OK, so number four then is going it alone. Uh, and there's a lot of bad advice out there about business. You know, like if you want a problem done, get it done yourself. And no one cares about your business as much as you. Learn from your mistakes. These, um, you know, uh, self-made millionaires, all these phrases and quotes, which are common sense, which are quite frankly not common and not wise, are based on you doing everything alone. But I'm a property investor and property taught me you cannot do everything alone. Because when you buy a property, you have to have a solicitor. You have to have a mortgage broker. You have to have an estate agent or a vendor. You have to have a letting agent. You have to have a tenant. You have to use a refurb team if you want to make this property pay. So it, it, when you start, that can be quite, um, you can feel quite vulnerable, quite exposed that you're relying on all these other people. But without them, you, do, you don't buy a property. You can't legally buy a property and you don't make money. So you have to let go and embrace all these six or seven different skills and people that you need to complete on a property purchase. And um, when I failed in, in business, it was because I was doing it alone. I was painting alone. I didn't have an agent. I wasn't putting in competitions. I didn't have galleries hanging my work. 
I, I wasn't allowing it to be critiqued by art critics that would, you know, maybe give me feedback. I was doing everything alone in a silo. Most of that was because I was scared. And of course, I was even scared to admit that I was scared. Um, but now I realize if you just, you know, if you want to be an artist, you need a good agent. You probably need uh, some good galleries. You need to leverage social media. Um, you need to put your work out there and let it be criticized. If you want to run a business, you need a finance department, you need a marketing department, a sales department, an events department, a design department. Uh, you need a marketing department. That's probably the most important department. You need execs, assistants, PAs. So you cannot do business alone. It's a complete myth. No one is self-made. Um, so make sure that you collaborate. You use joint ventures. You use partners. Uh, and you, you do what makes you feel alive. You do what you have the greatest skill, talent, experience and interest in. You pick those parts of business. And then the, the yin to the yang, if you like, they need to be leveraged, outsourced. Now, by the way, you don't have to hire loads of people immediately. You can use um, outsourcers. You can pay people by the hour. You can even do swaps where you'll help people in exchange for them helping you if you don't have a huge amount of money to start. But it's just getting over that line. Mark and I hired my mum and his mum, and they helped us a lot for not much money to get us over that bridge of no staff to staff. And to, it wasn't just about affordability. It was about letting go and not being a perfectionist and allowing other people to take on roles and responsibilities that you know, you might have overly controlled before, not micromanaging people. Okay, and then the fifth thing, um, or the final thing, um, uh, my mistakes I made in business is really slow management accounts, balance sheet, profit and loss, and KPIs. So you cannot master what you do not measure. And so many businesses don't know how they're doing. They don't know how much cash is in the bank. They don't know what's on the balance sheet or not. They don't know what their profit and loss is. They don't know how much retained earnings they have. They don't know the KPIs and the metrics of their business. And if they do, they get it six or nine months later and then they get this massive shock because they often only get it when, you know, the year end when the accountant's done their bit because you need it for that. So I've just spent 90 minutes this morning reading our master KPIs document. I'm a third of the way through it. So it's quite a big job. But all the answers you need to your business internally are hidden within plain sight in your balance sheet, your management accounts, your profit and loss, similar to management accounts, and your KPIs, you know, the metrics to measure your business. They're hidden in plain sight. I've already picked five actions which should make us, you know, more than six figures extra in the next 12 months just from reading what's already happened hidden in plain sight in the key performance indicators. So you need to get to the point where you're getting them in real time. So for KPIs, I'm okay for them to be a month in arrears. So seeing them 30 days after whatever event or marketing I'm tracking. But for management accounts, need to see them 10 days after a month end. Some people get them as quick as seven, some people are 14. But I know business owners that don't even have them or they're nine months out of date. And we all know cash flow is the most important thing, the critical element of business. You can be profitable and still go bust because you don't have enough cash. So you need to know the retained earnings. You need to know the cash position on a daily basis, ideally. So let me summarize these and then let me know what you think of the first LinkedIn Live. Let's hope it works. And let me know what other content you'd like me to do because I'm going to work on doing more of these LinkedIn Lives. Okay, so not embracing marketing, not getting yourself out there, not being persistent and relentless of generating leads from multiple sources. Number two, listening to the critics too much. You have to listen, you have to tweak, you have to innovate, you have to improve, but don't dilute who you are or your message or what's great about you. Number three, inconsistency of management, of um, autonomy, of micromanagement, of responsibility. Um, consistency is really important and managers are better than leaders at that. And generally, the founder of an entrepreneur is the leader, not the manager. Number four, doing it alone, suffering alone, solving everything alone, um, having the sort of, well, I've got to fix it instead of the outsourcing or someone else can help me mindset. 
Uh, and then number five, slow reporting of KPIs, management accounts, um, and all the other metrics in your business that tell you in real time what's going on. It's like the dashboard or the cockpit of your business. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Let me know what you thought in the comments below. And please share this if you think anyone could benefit from these mistakes that I've made. You know, I haven't read these in a book. Um, I've made these mistakes um, for probably five years. I didn't even do any marketing. And that's one of the reasons why I had three. My businesses didn't fail because they went bust, but my businesses didn't um, grow and I had to let them go. I had to move on. Um, not, uh, so, uh, there's been times in my life when I've felt weak and I've um, played a small game because of what the critics would say. And so I haven't put myself out there, especially as an artist. The mistake I make over and over again is inconsistency. I'm energetic and emotional and excited one minute and then I'm a bit like, oh, the reality of having to get it done um, the next and telling people that they can go and do the, the project and give them autonomy and then coming in and micromanaging them a bit. And you have to be careful with that. And I know I have the propensity to make that mistake over and over. Doing it alone, well, I don't anymore. Uh, and, and it's a binary equation. Before 2006, when I was in business on my own, doing art, architecture, pub landlording, I failed at them all. Um, fast forward, um, doing property and, and training and podcasting and book writing and everything else. I have a huge team of people that help me. I have 80 odd staff. I have editors, outsourcers, researchers, probably about another 150 outsourcers that we use within our organization. Um, I leverage partners. Um, I, I like to collaborate. I have many trainers that work for our company. And without them, I would just be a very small self-employed person earning probably 40 or 50 grand a year max. And then finally, it took me probably three years to get proper reporting on my business, which is terrible. We were lucky that we didn't go bust and run out of cash then. I think it's because we were always obsessed about looking at the bank account. We always looked at the cash that we survived. Um, but you have moments in your business where you have a major staff member leave or something breaks and then all the reporting that was good, it breaks and then it can take you months to get it back. So these problems, you know, learning these problems, don't make them all go away. You might solve them. You might do well at them for a couple of years and then something breaks and then you kind of uh, recede and you've got to fix them again. So they can recur or you can get higher levels of these problems. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.